from the creators of Relevant Magazine, this is The Relevant Podcast. everyone today is wednesday june 20th you're listening to the relevant podcast i am your interim host today jesse carey cameron is is he's back in montana this week so i'm i'm taking the reins and let me just assure you right from the outset it's going to be a wild wild ride while he's gone (laughs) Uh, but before i talk about what i have planned uh, i want to tell you who's with me here today here in the uh, orlando studios is andre henry andre henry andre how's it going man great how are you we're right out of the gate, and I already bobbled one of the people's yeah, names serious. who I speak to every single day. <laughs> <laughs> also, we have two from Nashville, Tennessee. I, I think just minutes apart, yet uh, they're recording in separate locations. Author, speaker, um, I'm trying to think of another word, extraordinaire, podcaster extraordinaire. Her podcast, That Sounds Fun, is now on the relevant podcast networks. It's incredible. You should check it out. Annie F. Downs is on the show today. Good morning, gents. Jesse, your hosty voice. I'm so into it. <laughs> I'm coming in. I'm coming in real hot. I've been up all yeah. night uh, preparing for this. And also with us, <laughs> also with us from Nashville, Tennessee, Tyler Huckabee, the one and only. Tyler, how's it going, man? Howdy, everybody. It's good to be back on the podcast. This is like, what, two weeks in a row now? I know. It's crazy. After a lengthy absence, I feel like I'm kind of getting back into the groove of it. Sweet. Yeah, I feel like you're getting Don't get your, your hopes up, buddy. Don't get your hopes up. I work, I work from home, so this is the only communication I have <laughs> for all <laughs> Tyler has a mail purse, has a mail carrier. They avoid his house. They slot. He doesn't have a mail slot, but they just slide stuff. They just try to cram it under his crack so that, uh, you know, they don't, you know, Tyler doesn't talk their ear off the whole day. Otherwise, I just show. Otherwise, I just show. But hey, yeah, you just you start Hi. skyping people Hello. randomly, and people get real annoyed about it. <laughs> Tyler has one of those like camo suits that it, it, that the snipers wear in like the movies. I say in the movies, they probably wear it in real life. But it makes you look like a shrub. Like if you just crouch down, you look like a, a shrub. But there's like two little netted eye holes that is invisible unless you're looking out them. And he just crouches there and waits for people to walk by. His house today is someone to converse with every, every oh. week it's a different hiding place last week it was the mailbox like my mouth was the mail door he thought he'd gotten around me he wasn't even coming to you should just come to my office i'm like one mile from you i am coming to your office today i think we have a podcast i'm recording your podcast today you are? Uh, you seem, you look surprised. I'm surprised. the most surprised here. <laughs> that invitation wasn't actually serious. I'm going to translate something. I'm going to translate something for people who can't see because I, I have them all up on my screens right now. When Tyler said that, Annie's face was, she looked like she opened a present at Christmas that was really awkward. Like, she looked like she opened like a sweater from her grandmother and the thought entered her head, I'm never going to wear this, not even once. I hope she kept the receipt. That was the look of Annie's face when Tyler announced that he was coming unannounced to her to her office to record a podcast your assistant set it up yeah 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 no 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 i'm sure it's right can you just let me just double check my calendar by asking you what time are you coming here (laughs) 
<laughs> going to be my one time to get out of the house today to actually talk to somebody. <laughs> now look what's happening. No, it's happening. Just tell me what time to expect you. All right. All right. Are we going to do this on air? Are we going to record no, we'll, this we'll whole set, thing? We'll settle this. We'll settle this. We'll settle this off air. Uh, in I'm the sure meantime, this is going to be. This is good pod. This is good material. This is yeah, good content. I will, I will say this. I will say this. We'll, we'll we'll hold all the scheduling talk for after the show because uh, I think I'll say this, Tyler. I think you need to dust off the camo suit if you're looking for uh, more <laughs> yeah. conversations today. I think I think a pestering bystanders and scaring them half to death is your best strategy. But hey, listen, we got a great show today. Uh, I, I, does anyone know who the guest is? Maybe you heard of him. He's a guy named Lacroix. I don't know. Maybe you've heard of him. I would give an introduction, but he's kind of a big deal these days. Lecrae is on the show with us today. Here in the States, wow. I believe we call him The Cray. Tyler, you guys can't see this, but remember when Letterman, uh, you know, when he was still on The Late Show and he had like a stack of blue cards where he would write all his pre-written jokes. Tyler just took one of the blue cards and flung it over his shoulder. That was his... He, he's got a large stack of corny jokes that he's going to be busting out. the band, just a little drum riff. Max Weinberg is just like, ah, there he is. <laughs> there he is, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, Paul Schaefer. Oh, Dave. Oh, the Cray. He said the Cray. Is, is, uh... <laughs> Paul Schaefer, ladies and gentlemen. Paul Schaefer. Uh, so we got, we got Lecrae coming up. He's got a brand new album uh, let the trap say amen with uh, producer Zaytoven. Huge album, really cool. Uh, so we're going to talk to him about that. Um, a lot of other stuff uh, to get to, but before we do, um, Annie, I want to I want to let people know um, that y- you know you've you've informed us you're not going to be uh, on the show next week because my, you're playing my, it's my a, first absence since I joined. This the is cast. your first absence. How yeah. many do it, we get? Is, How many unexcused absences do we get? Um, well, uh, do you have a doctor's note? Because uh, we'll let that slide. Um, And and let me say this. I'm terrible. I'm terrible at trying to determine forgeries. I I assume most most legal documents I've received are forgeries. I can't tell. Is Andre Um, a doctor? Because he's the one who I'm going to get the right note for me. I am not uh, officially a doctor. Okay. He's also a terrible Andre, liar. I, Never mind. I'm just going to take the unexcused. I read WebMD for fun. Can I can I ask a real question, Andre? Yeah, sure. What what is your level of what is your level of education? Um, because I have heard, I don't know if you're aware of this, but in the office, I have heard like all a, a lot of different things which are mutually exclusive. Wait, there are rumors? <laughs> <laughs> Like they can't all be true about like how many like I think somebody has told me that you have a PhD, which you are a very intelligent guy. But but I but if that's true, then you're in the let's, wrong let's line of work. Let's set the record straight. <laughs> <laughs> I I do not have a PhD. Okay. Um, what do you? What do you? Have? Yeah. What what what's what's your what's your yeah, top level? That's a quizzical degrees? way to say that. If, if, hey, hey, I don't want to make it a competition, but I'll rattle off mine real quick for Andre. <laughs> no big deal. Uh, yellow belt. Um, TV, TV VCR repair from ECPI. Um, do I need to keep going? Um, well, you driver you safety, got to the same level driver, of martial arts. That's, that's for sure. Driver safety course completion certificate after a speeding ticket. Do you want me to keep going? Okay, what do you got? I have a master's degree. I have one master's degree. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that makes sense. Yeah. Most yeah. of teams, that seems about right. I'm sure you could get yeah. a PhD. If you were yeah. so inclined, but uh, who has but the time? Anymore? People are trying to get me to t- to get a PhD, and I'm still making up my mind about that. 
Oh, okay. That's Would the difference like between him and us. That's why his pause was like, I don't currently have a PhD where I'm like, nope, no PhD, because he's considering <laughs> it, and I am yeah. not. Well, no, I only said that because the rumor was that I have one, and I I would agree that would be that would be kind of strange if I was just like this is PhD Dre just walking around Orlando. I, I've already resolved the fact. Well, I've already resolved to the fact that there's only one way I'm getting a PhD, and that's an honorary one from a very shady institution <laughs> that needs that needs a quick publicity bump that that will give me an honorary one, um, Annie. But you're not going to be with us next right. week, and we'll we'll let it slide. We won't make Andre uh, forge his name, um, okay. but you're going to China. Yes, for my first my first time oh, ever going wow. to Asia. I can't wait. Mm. I I am fascinated by international. Tra- I've been watching a lot of um you, you, I, you know after Cameron's recommendation, Ugly Delicious on Netflix. Yes. you know uh, I've been rewatching a lot of the Anthony Bourdain stuff. Uh, that sounds like such a cool trip. Are you going to have the like wh- where you're going in China? Obviously, is a massive country, but is it like in one of like the urban areas where you're going to get to like get the full on kind of culinary experience? Yeah, I think so. And here's the thing is that I this is going to tell you more than I wish it did. I am going to visit my friend, some my cousin who lives there and him and his wife. And uh, I only know that we're going to Wuhan. I don't know where that is. I just know that's where the plane lands and where they live. (laughs) So I've done no research. But it's amazing because they speak Chinese and they live there. And so I don't have I literally don't have to know anything except when to get off the plane. And I only get off when it stops. And so I am like good to go. (laughs) What what airline are you on? Well, I'm Delta because I'm bougie and I only fly Delta. But (laughs) that's not a problem. You, you, Delta has access to f- movies that aren't even out in the, in the theaters yet. Like, like Toy Story <laughs> 4. Toy Story 4. Like, Annie's going to find out what happened to Thanos on her flight. Like, that's how advanced Delta's viewing options are. It's very that's envious. What, what do your cousins do there in China? They're teachers. So, so it's their summertime. So it'll be awesome. They don't have to do anything. We just get to, me and one of my sisters are going. And have any of y'all been to Asia? What do I need to know that I don't know? Oh, I have no idea. Never been. I've been to Japan, but they're they're pretty different countries. So I that, I got nothing for you. I I summered I summered in Japan like, between <laughs> my high school. Why is that not your college. Twitter bio, Huckabee? I summered I in Japan. Summered in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> what if I be if I was one of those guys who like get really into Japanese culture? You know the guy who has who has a kimono and a sword. And like, <laughs> yes. You go over to his house you're like, and you're like, just hey, you're just looking to hang out, and he's wearing it, and it's like, oh, now we this is going to be a thing. Now <laughs> you seemed normal. You, you you described what's the what was the tall guy on the office that um he, he he's now in silicon valley what's his name um, yeah i can't think of his actual name but i know who you're talking about it's like they, they, they go to the party at his it. house yeah he they go to yeah. a party at his house and he has a whole room full of japanese stuff because he spent like a week there that's that's, that's <laughs> yeah. essentially tyler he's adopted yeah. the culture after spending oh uh, you know 15 days in the country uh annie all i think the only thing i'll ask and i think i speak on behalf of everyone is I'm some ready. sort of very memorable souvenir from your travels Oh yeah, for sure. I'll get y'all something. Yeah. I can't wait that I love doing. I think souvenirs are one of the most fun. It's also because I kind of am sentimental all the time and like junk, but I just, I love, so yes, I will get y'all something that is very weird and perfectly you. And I, and my, I will make a promise to you publicly. I will not get a tattoo with a Chinese character because you never know if they're actually tattooing what they say they're tattooing on you. 
I would feel I feel like you'd be the most safe getting that in China, though. Right. To be fair, <laughs> to be fair, like, I feel like if, if like your your heart is really set on that tattoo, I feel like your best bet is to get in China because they likely do know what it means. Uh, you yeah. know, unlike unlike somewhere here. Don't tell ever. Whenever anybody shows you that tattoo and it's a character in a language we do not speak, and they go, "It's peace." It says peace in Mandarin. You're like, ah, you mm, don't know that. Nah. You don't actually yeah. know. Sure. What? A, yeah. I, yeah. Sure. Whatever. I don't care. I. Don't, you know. Yeah. Like even, it does. What's even better is when they have the elvish tattoo, and it's like, no, it doesn't. It mean that in Elvish. That's not a language. Those are just scribbles. That begs the question: Who are you hanging out with yeah, that has Elvish say. tattoos? I worked, I know I worked right out of college. One. I worked for a pastor who had a number of Elvish tattoos because he was he was one of those Lord of the Rings guys. Like, yeah, like yeah. we all we all like Lord of the Rings. We all like Lord of the Rings. But then there's some people who like Lord of the Rings. And yeah. then there's some guy. This guy he had a decent amount of Elvish. His words under the but like he knew how to speak it. And it's like again. No. You're not speaking Elvish. You are saying made up gibberish. Yeah, I guess you're, it kind of like yeah, you're like, like well, I don't that language means here. nothing. So there you go. Yeah, <laughs> I also speak Elvish. I can just say words and say whatever I want them to be. Either. I mean, is it every language literally a made up language? Don't bring your factual like three Pinocchios, <laughs> Washington Post fact check. It. I mean, that's not what this that, is. About. It's, it's like the currency debate. It's like the currency. It's all paper, right? It's you know, right. I mean, it means nothing outside of whatever value we assign it. Which is why I do all of my trading and bartering uh, with actual goods like gasoline because that's not losing its value. People, people are going to need know. it when, when it goes down. <laughs> gasoline and produce is how I do. I barter produce. For everything. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I wish that was true. Jesse, I'm telling you, you I, I, you would have been the best in the Wild West. Like, you'd have been a great oh, gold miner, like, like the gold rush. You'd have mm-hmm. been that guy who did that really well. The only thing is I have a very short attention span and I would like when I ever see like the the like the stereotypical old prospector, right? The guy yeah, with yeah, all yeah. the junk, like pots and pans, like dangling off his backpack. <laughs> and most of his days are spent in the river, like panning for gold. And like on a good day, you get like a couple grains of sand worth. I would be I would be panning for gold for like 10 minutes and be like, I've made a gigantic mistake here. Like I've, <laughs> I've become an old prospector. <laughs> I've chosen career Path, old prospector. And day one, I realized this is terrible. I, I, this is terrible. If, I, if I had to, if I had to live in the old west, I think I would go for, uh, yeah, saloon owner or uh, um, heist leader for locomotives. That would be a better career option. But um, I think I'd be the guy at the piano in the saloon because he's always the first one out of there when the shooting starts. Like he sees <laughs> he sees trouble going down. He's got his curly little mustache and he's like, "Well, guess nobody's dancing anymore. Time for me to take a hike." <laughs> And he, he survives. He makes it. Everybody else dies. That guy just goes back home to his wife. He's and like kids. the carpet bagger. He's always like, worst case scenario, there's a cane who actually pulls him off from off stage out of the yeah. out of the saloon. Yeah. 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 And, he, right. and he asked if I could write a doctor's note earlier. And I'm thinking about this like the some ain't some earlier time could be the only time I could be a doctor because I'm the worst when it comes to health anything I think I might have broke my finger last week and I just kind of said well let's see how it looks in three days Uh, yeah (laughs) i know i did that too man and i I broke a finger and it looked like a sausage like a day later i was like i'm gonna tough this out i ended up getting surgery and it's way more jacked up now just just let it go go old west style just tape it up or cut it off that's what they did back then yeah i need to be in a time like that then i can be like you come in like i got shot and i'm like hmm 
I, I think I can pull that out. <laughs> well, 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 boil some water. I think I know the solution for that by Old West standards. You just, a broken finger, I'm pretty sure you just put leeches all over it and they'll take care of that. I don't know how. I don't know how. But Andre, that's how medicine. did you break your finger? What happened? I mean, I'm not saying I did or didn't. Again, I did not go see a doctor. I just was like, um. I'm not accusing you of anything, Andre. Settle down. I'm just asking you what happened to your finger. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I just know that my hand has what? been swollen for a week and a half. So there wasn't an event oh, like boy. you, you were That's playing fine. sports. I mean, of or... course there was an event, but you know, uh, but you, oh, you just don't want oh, to say it. Oh, now you can tell it. These stories are never interesting <laughs> or good. You know, like you break something. You call it an event. There's no getting out yeah. of this, buddy. Yeah, I that only seems repeated like Chandler's words. Event means notable. <laughs> <laughs> they are never notable. Like, I just, I was just like, Walking and like popped my fingers, and then later on, I was like, "Oh man, my fist is usually not this big." So it was a knuck. So you're saying you suffered a knuckle cracking uh, <laughs> accident? <laughs> I will say it this. was a knuckle cracking event. Yeah, but anytime, like anytime someone cracks their knuckles, they'd be lying if they didn't say runs through your head for just a slight second. This could be the time I break a finger. Like <laughs> yeah. this could be the one. This could be the one. Well, hey, listen, we got we got a lot to get to, so I would talk about knuckle cracking incidents and Annie's trip to China. <laughs> but we're gonna get we're gonna get. I'm sure we'll circle back around to those topics at some point. But uh, before we move on to Lecrae, a lot of people have already fast forward. Let's let's just face it right now. When they heard Lecrae's on the show, they already fast forwarded. They're not listening. But if, if but if we still have you here. If you haven't fast forwarded to Lecrae, uh, we want to get up uh, up to speed on what happened this week in entertainment and culture. It's time for In Case You Missed It. All right. Uh, well, uh, we got to start with this one. Um, you know, it was kind of a heavy story this week uh, with what's happening in the the immigration um, situation in the country. Um, in, in case people didn't see, Attorney General Jeff Sessions uh, used Romans 13 uh, and, and the, the passage in particular that he used. Um, Paul ins- instructs Christians to obey governing authorities. Um, and he used that to justify a policy that that allows border police to separate immigrant families, uh, particularly taking children away from their parents. It's, it's you know, kind of the story everyone's talking about. Um, but uh, Stephen Colbert on The Late Show, not only did he take issue with the policy, as many have and many uh, big, prominent uh, Christian voices have, uh, but he also gave a mini Bible lesson to Jeff Sessions about the real meaning of Romans 13 and help put it into context. Here is a clip of Stephen Colbert. He said separating kids from their families is the Lord's work. Illegal entry into the United States is a crime. It should be, it must be. And I would cite you to the Apostle Paul and his clear and wise command in Romans uh, 13 to obey the laws of the government because God has ordained the government for his purposes. But I will give Sessions this. That is what Romans 13.1 says. Okay, you got to have laws. But if he just read a little bit further into Romans 13.10, it says, love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. But I'm not surprised. That story, that that piece of audio uh, and that clip w- was everywhere this week. And, you know, it's one of those things. There's a lot of Christian leaders speaking out, but it's... An interesting cultural place for one of the most prominent voices to defend mm-hmm. scripture is a is a comedian. 
Yeah. You know? Cause he's a former uh, Sunday school teacher. Is that correct? Th- there was a time cor- when Colbert taught Sunday school. That's correct. In recent, in recent history, I don't think he's done it since he's been doing uh, the late show, but within the last decade or so, you know, he's a devout Catholic um, and yeah, has, has taught Sunday school. He knows the Bible extremely well. It's, it's always uh, obviously like very sad to see uh, our faith religion used to defend uh uh, indefensible practices and being wielded as this blunt instrument to, uh, cause you can't, you can't argue against it. It's like the, it's like the kid who's like wants to have it like a bad breakup, but he doesn't want to take credit for himself. So he's like, well, God told me we need to break up because then she can't mm. push back against it. Um, yeah. and right. then you magnify that to this national level to, to justify, uh, what, what is starting to look like a humanitarian crisis. Uh, that that created a sort of a sort of sadness and uh, and outrage that I I didn't know I had in me. But uh, it's been good to see that a lot of the the Christian groups, even ones who have been relatively silent or, or even complicit in some of the things that have been happening over the past couple of years, have seemed to to put their foot down on this one pretty hard. Yeah, it, 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 the policy and also the abuse of scripture like this. I know, Tyler, you wrote a piece yeah. for the website yeah. that was that, that made the same point that also recently I, Carl Lentz was like a guest on uh, one of the MSNBC like Sunday talk shows where they talk politics and stuff. And he kind of made a similar point to you made in your piece for the the site that people can go read. Um, but basically like you can misuse that scripture to justify anything that the government does, including and people have throughout, it, through, in the past, historically, in our national history, right. yeah, exactly. yeah. recent history, even. Well, without um, the, yeah, without the context of, you know, uh, the, the gospel and God's moral law. Like, it's not like, it's not saying, Hey, whatever the government does is fine. Not when it contradicts right. basic principles of the gospel. Right. I think Andre, it was you who pointed out on Twitter that, that Paul wrote that chapter from jail. Like he wrote <laughs> that scripture while in prison for disobeying the authorities. <laughs> so yeah. I have a question for y'all about this that I wrestle with. literally constantly every day on Twitter. How much do you, how how much do you read from both sides before you share an opinion? I'm not challenging Mm -hmm. any of three of y'all's opinions. I agree with all of your opinions that I follow on Twitter. My wrestle is there is a, there are people talking from two totally opposite sides that say they have the same faith understanding as me. Mm -hmm. And and so what, where, when do y'all decide what to say and when to say it? I mean, I think it question. depends. I think it, I, well, I, I, I can only speak for myself, but I think for me, it depends really on the issue. Like, yeah. you know, um, for something like this, it seems pretty black and white, especially, um, it, it depends on how nuanced the, the, the issue is, you know? I mean, like, I think it's important to be informed and kind of know what the nuances of something are. But with this, it's like, it seemed pretty clear that, you know, there was a policy mandated from the, the White House that was put into place 
with no warning by the attorney general that could be stopped at any point while a lot of the nuances are figured out. Um, and it seems pretty black and white, but I think it's important to hear both sides and understand why people think the way they do. But in terms of how much it, it depends on what the issue is, Andre, what, what are your thoughts on what, what Annie, uh, Annie's question? I mean, I am following some conservative voices on Twitter and I make sure that I read what they tweet and, I, I can't speak for every conservative voice, you know, that it's out there, but the ones that I do follow, some of their, their responses were just basically attacks on, you know, someone on the other side of the aisle that they don't like, or an attack on Hillary Clinton or bringing up president Obama. And some of those points, some of the points that they make are actually salient, you know, like we mm-hmm. have had, this country has had a long history of human rights, um, issues, you know, and so you can name previous presidents and administrations under which we have looked at things or should have looked at things and said, this is wrong. This should not have happened. So that fair point, you know, um, but I didn't feel like I need to hear from them first before I said anything because the news that we were getting seemed pretty straightforward on this topic. So I think I agree, you know, that it depends on what, what issue we're talking about. Yeah. I I think that, one thing that I've been uh, thinking about a lot over the past uh, year or so is that the best way to have a healthy online life is to have a healthy offline one. Um, so Again, when I, I so when I read so the the other voices that I try to consume, I think there's a lot more value to getting alternative opinions from thoughtful from from books and from uh, longer uh, e- even if you're going online longer more thoughtful articles instead of just trying to follow voices on Twitter or Facebook or other social mm-hmm. media outlets which are bound to be the worst possible uh, uh, version of the of those sides because if you're the only other side you're ever hearing is from social media you're getting something that's very reactive that's very mm-hmm. extremist yeah. that is probably not going to be an actual substantive representation of the other side that you're looking for. So I do think it's important to get other sides. And I do follow people that I, that I don't agree with often because I think it's important to be aware of what's being said on, on a, of what the conversation, the other side of the conversation is. But for my substantive thoughts about how to actually feel about positions and voices that I don't agree with, I think that social media is probably not the best place to get those. But it's important mm-hmm. to seek them out in, in more holistic, uh, thoughtful, intellectual areas. Yeah. I just feel like a lot of times in the faith space, people bandwagon really quickly. Yeah. Without, yeah. It's so and, easy to do. Yeah. And, and I have such a fear of bandwagoning on an opinion that does not match the gospel because eight out of 10 of my Christian friends do it. And, but then I get paralyzed. I mean, if I'm just telling y'all the honest truth, if, if we're yeah. pretending like people aren't listening and we're just four friends talking, Five friends, if Chandler is still with us, um, <laughs> you know, I, sometimes I get paralyzed by the amount of information and wondering, when do I know enough to say what I think publicly? Yeah. yeah. And I keep not I keep not hitting that fill line where well, I go well, like I, f- I still feel like I don't know. I'm not sure. And not, and not just on this issue. I, I for the last year, I, I so often feel feel paralyzed to say a strong opinion because there are so many other opinions. Yeah. That's probably and, healthy though. Does that make me like yeah, the weakest that, woman y'all have ever been no, friends with? I don't know. I, I, don't, I think that, <laughs> no. that that's probably that's that's a sign of I think, you know, 
intellectual integrity to a degree that you want to make sure that what you are advocating for, that you truly understand and believe. But I mean, something as complicated and complex and nuanced as immigration policy, you know, like large scale immigration policy, there's pretty people on all sides of that issue that have come to their conclusions because that they think that what they've determined is it works best. And, and I, and I don't, you know, I think that, and there are people who are experts on it. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think th- that it's, it's valuable to listen to what they have uh, deduced based on all of their experience and information. But I think when you look at something that is just seems outright morally wrong even if you're not an expert on wide scale policy to say, well, what's happening right here? We know this is bad. So mm-hmm. let's, let's use this as a starting point. I don't know what the long term solution is to the big issue, but I do know putting children into detention camps, you know, if that's the outcome, this seems wrong. I mean, and that, that doesn't sound nuanced, but I think it's taking a small part of a large issue and at least kind of using that as a starting yeah, point. I agree. It's just, it's a hard thing to do. It's a hard, st- I mean, yeah. it, for, and, and y'all know this, you can say things personally on your Twitter that you can't say from the relevant Twitter. And, yeah. and there are, right. you know, and so, and so we have to balance that. I mean, pastors have to balance that, you know, teachers have to balance that. Every human has to balance like who's listening and what, yeah. how do I say this wisely? Because the, the internet doesn't go away. Like you tweet something and you can delete it and 18 people could have already screenshot it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so every tweet really matter to me. I mean, maybe yeah. I'm being overly, I'm probably being overly cautious because I have a Enneagram wing six that doesn't want to play on the street, just wants to play on the sidewalk. But I, you know, there's a, we got to figure, I have to figure out y'all do it better. than I, I have to figure out how I stand for what I really believe and don't feel paralyzed by, pushback from people I respect. Yeah. I was thinking well, about this last night a little bit in the context of we're going to get a little Bible here, but yeah, let's we can do, do it. it. This yeah. is a relevant podcast. I'm I was thinking past. about this in I'm terms go ahead of... Move. <laughs> when you get Bible, I'm going to move to the next side. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was thinking about uh, David and Goliath. And mm-hmm. in my mind, those days before David showed up, when Goliath was challenging the Israelites to uh, to have a one on one fight, and whoever wins, uh, and whoever wins that fight gets to gets gets all the prize, gets the whole prize. And in my mind, and in pop culture depictions, we usually think of the Israelites as like hiding behind rocks and like cowering and like oh, we're like too scared to do this. But which is what the Bible says. It says they were afraid, but. I've been around like groups of big groups of guys before, and there's no way they were all like actually just like teeth chattering, knees knocking. They were all pretending like, oh, I'm going to go get him. I'm going to get like they're they're trying to be like they're trying to be the toughest and the most reasonable, most thoughtful. Like, well, here's what we do. We wait it out. We are we he can't do this forever. They're taking the reasonable, moderate position Um because the reasonable, moderate position a lot of times is, is just fear. And it's the it's the it took somebody like David who had the courage to say, this is an extreme time and we need, we need to do somebody, we need to do something extreme. And, uh, he was the first one to say that the moderate position at this time wasn't working and someone needed to take an actual Mm. piece of action. I'm not saying that someone needs to go out there, uh, and start (laughs) and start digging a tunnel underneath detention clinics in Texas. But I do think that there is an example there for those of us who are, it's easy for moderation itself to become a kind of extreme 
and uh, and there are times when the the right thing to do or the the actual reasonable thing to do is to take real action and to uh, to be an active. And that's how we we remember the people who had the moral clarity. Uh, people like Dr. King, uh, people like Malcolm X, people like Corey Ten Boom, who saw had the moral clarity to see that and the courage to say this is not a time for reasonable action. It's a time for extreme actions. And, and I will say for this particular issue, as a tease to, to Friday's show, Matthew Sorens, who is the U.S. Director of Church Mobilization at World Relief, mm-hmm. one of the preeminent organizations involved in refugee resettlement, as well as uh, kind of helping immigrants within the United States. He's also the national coordinator for the Evangelical Immigration Table. Um uh, and he wrote a book uh, with Jenny Yang, who's also at World Relief, called Welcoming the Stranger, uh, and really has an informed biblical opinion about this issue. He's going to be on Friday's show. So um, that's okay. kind of a teaser for people who kind of want to dig into this issue even more, because it is such an important one. Um, okay, so also coming up in case you miss it, a little bit of a change of pace here. S-Town, the podcast, is being made into a movie. Um, so you've, uh, a lot of listeners probably heard S town. It was made by the team behind this American life. And it tells the story of sort of this eccentric guy named John who contacts this American life because he believes like maybe even like a murder is being covered up in his Alabama town, but things quickly take a lot of twists, come off the rails. It's a fascinating podcast. Um, it's true. It's a docu documentary series. Um, but the, the, the film the guy who's in talks to be the director is Tom McCarthy, and his last film was Spotlight, which told the true story, which told the true story of the investigative unit at the Boston Herald who un- uncovered um, uh, the scandal with the Catholic Church in New England, uh, won an Academy Award. So we have an Academy Award winning director bringing S Town to the big screen. Having listened to the podcast, and I guess we don't have to spoil it for people who still haven't. I don't know how, if you're in a podcast, you haven't heard us sound yet, but it, for the benefit of the doubt, we won't give it away here. But I don't know how that translates into a movie. Yeah. Yeah, me neither. That seems like a really tough... I mean, it could be done, I suppose, but it seems like a tough narrative. It was tough for a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> did you, Andre, uh, Annie, did you guys listen to S-Town? Never. Oh, I devoured it. I yes. mean, I listened to it twice. <laughs> Twice. I, yeah, I loved it. I thought it was one of the most, I mean, without spoiling it, it takes a pretty big twist a couple of episodes in. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I love when, um, one of the things I loved about S Town is when the storyteller gets surprised in the middle of the story. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that is what happened. And so I, I think I didn't know it was becoming a movie. I think that's super interesting. So is it, Jesse, is it going to be like a retelling of it or is it them like, like, are we going to, is it going to be documentary style then? No, from my understanding, it's scripted. So it's going to be, there's going to be like actors portraying but, John. Well, what, and the what part and of the story are they going to be portraying? I guess. Is, is it going to be like, the actual podcast or is it going to be just his life story or I, I I don't know the details, but I would imagine it would be almost like, I don't see how it could be anything, but having like the reporter in the story be a character. It's like Mm. how, I mean, this is like a dated example, but uh, it's one that comes to top my head, like how like Truman Capote was sort of like an early kind of gonzo journalist and inserted himself into stories. And so when you watch in cold blood, the film, you know, Truman Capote is a character in the film. Or, you know, I, I feel like the other example is... Um 
like um Hunter S. Thompson or something where mm-hmm. you can't you can't you can't have fear and loathing in Las Vegas if Hunter S. Thompson isn't a character in it, even though he's the writer. So I, I would picture it would be something like that. Man, that's fascinating. I can't I will love watching. I hope we get to see the maze because remember how in the, such a central part of S Town is that maze that he built with shrubs. Yeah, yeah. There, there's so many little weird elements of the story that would be interesting to see how this depicted in a scripted you know, film. Yeah. Tyler, uh, you could wear your um, shrub outfit in the movie. You could be like a character. Shrub, shrub number three. Shrub yeah, number for three. sure. The center, <laughs> the center of the maze. And he, 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 like, once you reach the center of John's crazy maze the, uh, made of shrubs, Tyler just pops up, hello, I'm dying to talk to somebody. I am so alone. I'm so, so alone. It's a small, it's a small part, but it's memorable. It's, uh, and the sad part will be when you get, when you email an offer and they email you back and say, uh, we don't want no shrubs. Oh, 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 yeah, I Annie, do you it. watch I've, the MTV I've, I've, Movie I Awards? I, for him. I wish I didn't love that kind of stuff still, but I do. Uh-huh. Here's the thing. Yeah, here's right the thing right with the yeah. MTV Movie Awards. They they lean into what they are like. Award shows just continue to get more and more pretentious. Like the yes. the Oscars like treat themselves as if they're the Nobel, you know, prizes or whatever. And it's just it's whole it's in, like they at least the MTV Awards they're essentially a parody of movie award shows. Like they're, they're completely self-aware and, and celebrities just go goof around and have fun. Um, so, uh, Chris Pratt was given the generation award, which is basically just a made up award, right? There's no, for sure it is. For like, sure it is. What is that about? What does that mean? I was about to say, it's like every language. It's just made up. It's like currency. Uh. Yeah. And what generate, like Chris Pratt's probably like 38. The, the mean, uh, viewer of MTV is probably 14. Like, you know what I mean? He's like almost <laughs> triple their age. Like, I don't know what generation, but who cares, right? Who cares? That's the whole point. It's a made-up award. And just give it to whoever you want. Uh, and he's still, like, arguably, he's still at the prime of his career. It's not like a Lifetime Achievement Award because he still has probably more of his career in front of him than behind him. Uh, but he was given the Generation Award, uh, and he used the acceptance speech to uh, encourage uh, the young audience and viewers. Um so yeah he didn't play around i listened to it yeah so it was great because it furthers my theory because i've had a theory for 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 a a running theory for a little while since chris pratt has gotten really vocal about his faith right Mm -hmm. like i would say like in the last like two years he's used a lot of opportunities to to speak about his faith um you know he uh he endorsed like chad veach's book on youtube you Mm -hmm. know and he seems like very genuine about it wait wait Um, wait slow down he endorsed chad veach's book on youtube what does that yeah, mean? Yeah, he made a YouTube video and was like, hey, you guys should read this book. It was funny. It was Chris Pratt style, but basically like, hey, my pastor wrote this book. It's great. You so should not read even it. like an Insta story. He he uploaded to YouTube. 
That's I, Chris Pratt's old school. He's won the generation award. He's <laughs> fascinating. He's a generational. He's cross generational. It's unbelievable. Um, but I've had a theory since like Chris Pratt, since Chris Pratt has become like this kind of vocal Christian that he would make the world's coolest youth pastor. That I feel like I feel oh, like there's a lot sure. of Andy Mrs. Dwyer. There's Mrs. a lot Colin. of Andy Dwyer in Chris Pratt and. Chris Pratt is like the ultimate youth pastor. Like he's fun. Mm. He's a big goofball. He would be, he's more of a kid than adult. I feel like in a lot he of ways. Would make a great youth and pastor. yeah. And so his acceptance speech, I feel like drive that drove that point home because he gave like the, the Chris Pratt's, you know, nine life rules. It was how he framed it. And half of them was very elaborate toilet jokes. Like it was literally <laughs> jokes sure. about using the bathroom. The other half talked about how to take care of your soul, how to pray. He talked about how you know that you're imperfect and that the grace that sustains you was paid for by someone else's blood. He, he you know, yes, and like and so, how to like be strong and how to not be a bully with your strength and your and your influence. It was the ultimate. It was the ultimate this youth is pastor sermon. From the youth pastor handbook. Because yeah. Yeah. Sure yeah. It is. because it's it's bathroom humor combined with like oh man that's a really good message. <laughs> like it just confirms the fact he should be a youth pastor. In case you haven't heard, here is a clip of Chris Pratt's speech. You have a soul. Be careful with it. God is real. God loves you. God wants the best for you. Believe that. I do. Learn to pray. It's easy and it's so good for your soul. And finally, number nine, nobody is perfect. People are going to tell you you're perfect just the way you are. You're not. You are imperfect. You always will be. But there is a powerful force that designed you that way. And if you're willing to accept that, you will have grace. And grace is a gift. And like the freedom that we enjoy in this country, that grace was paid for with somebody else's blood. Do not forget it. Don't take it for granted. Chris Pratt, if you're listening, and we assume you are. Assume so, You really should try your hand at youth pastory. Uh, I think you'd be, I think you'd excel at it. All you, all you need is a few stuffed cheese pizzas, stuffed crust cheese pizzas, <laughs> and, and some sort of game that involves, that involves near death or like weirdly romantic for like high schoolers to like coupling <laughs> off. And, uh, and you're, you're halfway Locked there. In. Lock in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're going to have the wherewithal to do a lock in. That's how you know. That I think yeah. that literally is the PhD of youth groupness, of youth leader. <laughs> yeah. The PhD the is when boys. you host a lock in and yeah. you don't lose a kid and you don't fall asleep. If you can, if you've stayed awake for an entire lock in as the youth leader and still been nice to the parents when they pick their kids up from Mount Asia mini golf. You got your PhD in youth and I, I can't see Chris Pratt being so. So th- another check in the box of why he should be a youth pastor. Finally, speaking of the MTV right. Movie Awards, the, one of the other great moments that I wanted to bring some attention to is uh, Chadwick Boseman. What 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 he did? He won a couple awards, but including Best Hero. 
um, for his uh-huh. role in Black Panther. And instead of accepting the award for himself, he asked uh, James Shaw Jr. to come on oh, yeah. a- and receive the award. So oh. in case you... Uh, Nashville's little, own. Yeah, in case you uh, yeah. forgot, uh, James Shaw was at a Waffle House in Nashville back in April when a gunman walked in and, uh, you know, was, was going to, you know, commit, a, you know, a horrible act of violence. Uh, Shaw risked his own life to disarm the gunman, basically tackled the guy, took yeah. away the gun until the police arrived. Um, Bozeman, when he went up, Chadwick Bozeman, when he went up to accept the award, he thanked his fans, uh, but he says it's even greater to acknowledge the heroes that we have in real life. So yeah. I just want to acknowledge someone that's here today. And he brought up James Shaw Jr. And he gave him the cool thing is he gave him the popcorn trophy, which is such a cool trophy and so like <laughs> nostalgic. It is kind of a iconic. cool trophy. You're right. And Would you use that live. to barter with um, Jesse if you had one of those? <laughs> if it came to desperate measures, only because sure. it can be melted down for real gold, which is the only thing of I'm value. Sh- yeah, I'm sure it's real gold. Good call. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but I thought that was great. I thought, yeah. I thought, oh, yeah. uh, you know, Chadwick Boseman. He just seems like such a classy, classy guy. Indeed. he's a class act yeah. for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I do. You have y'all seen all the memes people are doing of him being tired of doing the um, Black Panther? Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Slowly getting more and more exhausted with that the arm Wakanda salute is getting so janky. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I love it. I okay. think it is so funny. Hey, does anyone know? I looked this up. The I, I stumbled upon this the other day. Does anyone know how old Chadwick Boseman is? I do. Oh, this is a great it's game. Astonishing. Okay, Andre, Andre, Annie. I bo- since oh you both gosh. don't know, Andre, you go first. How old do you think Chadwick Boseman is? I feel like he's like forty six or something like that. Okay, no, no, no. I'm gonna lean the other way. I'm gonna say twenty six. See, th- th- this no, highlights okay. the problem. This highlights the problem. <laughs> he he could literally be any age. He has the maturity and wisdom of like he seems like just like a really well adjusted dude. So yeah. you're like he's got to be yeah. older, but he looks like a twenty and, and dresses like and, and has the credibility of like a cool upper twenty something. He's like forty one years old. He's forty. <gasps> you are lying to me. Close. He's forty one years yes, old. 40. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, Chadwick Boseman uh, yeah. is, is a man. I, I believe is he so. Married? I think so. Yeah, right. too bad. So yeah, <laughs> I don't think he's married. Oh, he's not married. I don't know. I'm looking. I mean, I'm looking at his Wikipedia page, and I'm not seeing anything talking about. Andy, he might. He might not be married. Personal life: Boseman was raised a Christian. He was baptized, part of a church choir and youth group. Did he ever attend a lock-in? Did yeah. he ever attend a lock-in? Senior, hey, senior pastor, Chadwick Boseman. <laughs> you pastor. Yeah, it doesn't say anything about oh being married. Oh my gosh, can so you imagine know. that church? Senior pastor, Chadwick Boseman. Youth pastor, Chris Pratt. <laughs> Come on. Who else is oh, on man. this church staff? <laughs> who's the worship leader? Who's the worship leader in this that's church? What I'm, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Is who the worship leader is there? No, no. You JT. know who the worship leader is? No, the worship leader is a... Um, Katie Hudson. She takes back her Christian music game from Katie Perry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Associate pastor and worship leader, Katie Hudson. I was about to say, you better put a woman on this staff. That's uh, right. She's, I, mean, I said associate. She's a, a pastor, too, not just worship you, pastor. You did call her no, pastor. I, think, I appreciate that. I yeah. think Michael B. Jordan should be the worship leader so he can scold the congregation when they're not like really into it. Like, is this yeah. your best praise? <laughs> like he doesn't like he does when he's like, is this your worship? <laughs> is this your worship? 
<laughs> this is a great church. It's multi generational, yeah. multi ethnic, multi racial, multi uh, gender. It's all the multis. Yeah. Mm. Well, let's start. I would the, attend. Yeah, I, I would attend, attend too. Would we'll, we'll do our best to get this going. Yeah, and can we can we get multi? Or is this one of those churches that streams to other campuses, or are we just one big campus with a lot of services? I'm not a fan of the streaming service. I, I like to keep I, it I'll all say in the this. same house. No, no. Here's the thing: uh, Chadwick Boseman has access to Wakanda technology, where he can beam holograms <laughs> of himself. We've already point. seen him do it in the movie. Like uh, you know, he's sitting there driving the car, and it's all hologram. Wakanda has the technology to do like hologram services, so I'm not too concerned so about that. So we're not even going to tell what campus has the real Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, we're just no going to tell everybody no that's him. Yeah. Go to church and we're never yeah. telling where he's live from. And the answer is always his own living room. But we'll yeah. never tell. Uh, it's yeah. always his own living room. It's funny. Well, that's it for in case you missed it. Next up, the moment most people have been waiting for. Not our hypothetical superhero churches. Look right. <laughs> <laughs> You are listening to the single Blessings from Lecrae. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard future generations with all the same. Well, as you may have, we alluded to earlier, Rapper Lecrae recently teamed up with fame producer Zaytoven for his brand new EP, Let the Trap Say Amen. Uh, you're probably familiar with Zaytoven. Even if you don't know his name, you probably know his music. He's worked with artists including Usher, Waka Flocka Flame, uh, Migos, Future, and a ton of others. And brings a unique production flair uh, to Lecrae's rhymes about faith, life, and hope. We recently spoke to Lecrae about the EP and some of the inspirations behind some of its best songs. Did you know that? To this day, Zaytoven still plays organ in his church. So I think he's perfect for the organist in this, uh, oh, in this church. For sure, he works okay. in the church. Yeah, man, in so Atlanta. We, so so, so you're saying so Zaytoven and Katy Perry are up there bringing worship. Oh, yeah. We got, I need you we to call got, Katie Hudson. I need you to call Katie Hudson. That's yeah. right. Katie Hudson. <laughs> Katie Hudson. <laughs> Yeah, and then, I, I mean, this is really, this church is forming itself. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Chris, you know Chris what? Pratt as the lead youth pastor, but we're definitely going to need an associate at some point because I feel like, I feel like, well funded church. Well, I feel like, I feel like, uh, let's be honest with ourselves, Chris Pratt probably going to be the associate youth pastor because I don't think we want to leave him in charge of things actually, for insurance <laughs> reasons. That's a bad call. That's probably true. He's anyway. the middle school guy. You want him to be the middle school guy? <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's got to have some. Some manner of supervision. Um, yeah, Brie yeah, Larson. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Brie Larson, the new Captain Marvel. I don't know her uh, uh, religious story, but she could help oversee, you know, the shenanigans of Chris Pratt. She's the new leader of the Marvel Universe. The she's least got she a could great do. social yeah. media presence. She's she's strong on Twitter. That's all you need. That yeah. is all you need. I can guarantee you this. Lecrae has never had an intro like that. Here is our conversation <laughs> with Lecrae. Top down, head back. Ride by the high beats, don't Fairfax. Money more, now I don't wanna hear trap. I play Rick James when I'm in traffic. I've been doing this since fifth grade. I've been doing 
doing this since I've been safe. I've been rock crowds on a big stage. I've been made hits with some big names. The the first single, Get Back Right. Tell me a little bit about the inspiration for for that song in particular. I almost want to say that was one of the first songs that we did. And um and I just was like narrating like what I'm experiencing. And I was also touring with you know, talking about some of the same narratives, the same things that a lot of other artists who would get on a Zay track would talk about. But but then, like, saying, you know, though I've experienced these same things, you know, the, the parties full of models and bottles falling everywhere, like, that did not stop the pain or the hurt or the, the like, the questioning of who I am and, and, and what I'm doing here. And so, you know, but I just... It, it doesn't sound super deep and 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 you just have to pay attention to catch those little those little things those gems get back right get back right i already stressed out pray more obviously you're a person of faith how do, how do you deal with those trappings that are a reality for someone like in your position that has your platform man you know for me it's, it's always been keeping good friends around me it's, it's always been keeping people who love me for me and who don't are not afraid to, to tell me the truth about stuff and and it never drink the Kool-Aid you know what I mean just never you know like never believe the hype um, a lot of times we believe what the media says about us or what our awards the accolades say about us we just don't believe what God says about us and I always want to have that perspective like who does God say I am and let that be the source of you know my significance or whatnot because it, as soon as I stop making great music or I don't win awards or I you know, or I go broke or something like that. Now, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, man, I'm worthless. Unless, you know, my significance comes from from, from God. And, and and then I know, like, I'm always secure. Well, the, I, I want to talk about the uh, the other single, Plugged In, which, you know, particularly deals with, like, the idea of, of money. And it, yeah. it's sort of the same way, like, kind of the false security it can bring and how it can also, you know, be kind of a trap. Tell me a little bit about uh, how that song came about. So plugged in is me kind of like trying to give some game back. You know, I've been doing this for so long, and um, especially if I if I had to talk to like my cousins or you know dudes in different environments, I think a lot of the you know candidly a lot of the conservative Christian narrative doesn't really apply to uh, uh, a lot of my family and friends who are in um you know like like tough environments and tough surroundings. You know, a lot of times we talk about like you know the whole idea of humility and and don't. Uh, you know, you know, don't don't waste your life, don't don't waste your retirement, and it's like, man, these people are are, are would love to have the opportunity to consider retirement. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So, it, I'm trying to empower them to even imagine being financial stewards. Like, you know, what I'm saying they got to get some money to learn how to steward it. And so, yeah. for me, it's like saying, listen, man, before you buy that necklace, and I'm not mad at you buying a necklace, but consider what else you could possibly do with that money. You know what I'm saying? Consider getting property. Consider investments. Consider these things that will create a legacy for your kids so they won't be in the same situation that you're in and, and, and you know, trying to live from check to check. So that's kind of the, some of the narratives that I'm trying to give. I got no time for no fun and food. Ain't one hard and food. Told my sister, get your money, boo. Don't let them worry you. Had to slow down on that Hennessy. Don't need the Hennessy. Hard to trust these folks who say they friend. They just pretend to be. I'm on God's time. I'm on feed the block. They don't 
wanted to ask you too. You did a song, and you also have a cameo in Superfly. How was it uh, being in the movie? What was that? What was that experience like? Man, movies are tough, bro. I mean, yeah. I was in a movie for all of, all of a minute, right? Yeah, <laughs> you know. But movies are tough. It's just it's a lot of work, and my kudos to all my actor friends because I really got to see hands on. Um, Trevor Jackson is a good friend of mine. I'm also featured on his uh, project that he put out. And um, he did a phenomenal job as a lead role in that film. But I just felt bad for him because I was on set all of, you know, two days. And it was just like grueling to see everything he had to do. So I was like, man, you can have the, the movies. I'll, I'll take the movies, bro. I wonder why they hate us. Sometimes wonder why you made us. On hiatus from these haters. Plus, I know they want to slave us. Engrave an angel on my grave. The strong survivors, what they say. But I look around and all the strong to die. That's the reason why I pray. My head bowed, tears to try not to pain. Innocent bodies are slain. This how you feel when your color gets you killed. Lord, I know this ain't your way. Why did the good die young? Got they mamas crying for them. Got us writing ghetto poems. Reciting all the psalms. That was the cray. Next up, we hear your feedback. I just want to see the light every single day. I don't want to make mistakes. I just want to feel the light. Sports coach, sports coach. That was sports coach. I don't know why I said it three times. The band is just called Sports Coach, not Sports Coach. Sports Coach. Sports Coach. Sports Coach. That's their song. <laughs> Stretching. Last week, last week we asked you what is your best game show story. So we got talking about prank shows. We got talking about uh, the the Kardashians in the West on Family Views and Steve Harvey. And we want to know, hey, I wonder if anyone in our audience has stories about trying to get on a game show. So we asked you, what's your best game show story? You hit us up on Twitter and the episode page at relevantmagazine.com. Here are some of your best re- replies. Okay, so I, Lindy Todd, reminded, she was on Bozo's Super Sunday show. Do y'all yes. remember Bozo the Clown? I haven't thought about oh Bozo. Oh my gosh. And, and the great thing about Bozo is back in the day, um, WHRO or, or um, what was it? It was anyways, the, the Chicago, Chicago channel, right? Was yes. on. It was owned by like Turner or something. So the, on off hours, they would syndicate stuff. That's why um, there was like a lot of Cubs game on. You know, if you had cable growing up, you could always watch mm-hmm. the Cubs or the Bulls and things. Uh, but they would syndicate Bozo in the morning. Do you remember the game that he had? Where the, the great thing about Bozo, the game show back in the day, was all the games you could like replicate at your house. Like it was just a <laughs> long. Oh, Jesse, I hope yes. It was a long line of buckets and you had a ping pong ball. And like the climax of the show was how far you could throw. Like anyone, it's not that great of a game. (laughs) Anyone can do the house. The only cool thing is he's got a little monkey, he had a little spider monkey that would run and grab the ball and fetch the ball for you. It's like a spider monkey, like a real life spider monkey was his co-host. So we have someone that was going to be on Bozo. Yes, and that's what she talked about is the cup and bucket game it, or the cup and ball game. That is exactly, I mean, how many times I replicated that at my house? I bet I did that once a week, my elementary life. I mean, I wanted, the problem is the ping pong balls bounce out of the buckets. Yeah. Well, that's the that's trick. The, that's that's your, the problem. Well, what, what, did our, what did our readers say about it? 
Well, that that is literally what she said, that she had um, it was a huge deal because she got to skip church, drive to Orlando. And she was sure she would like she had a ticket to be in the audience and she was sure she was going to get to play the games. And because her cousin had said to her, like, yeah, like we're going not just to watch the show be taped, but we're going to play the game. And she was devastated because she didn't get to play. She was just in the audience and watch someone else play the ball and cup game. And it just, it broke her heart. So that was, it was, it's sad feedback, but it's real. Yeah. Well, another sad feedback, uh, this might've been the same, uh, person who also tried out for American Idol back like 10 years ago. Uh, she, so Lindy tried out for American Idol. She didn't make it past the first round, but, um, she found out that one of her friends from youth group that she lost touch with made it through to the celebrity judges. So like the trick is on that show, like you, you think when you're watching it, like if you wait out, you know, in front of your local, you know, arena, that you just get welcomed in and you go right to the celebrity judges. You got to make it fast a couple of rounds to get to where the celebrity right. judges are. Yeah, well, she found out one of her friends made it to the celebrity judges. She was so excited to see her, only to see her being made fun of for her oh, unique no. speaking voice. Oh, Wendy no. said, to this day, I haven't watched American Idol, including the reboot. So, yeah. wow, a couple of bummers there from Lindy. That'll teach you, American Idol. That'll you teach you Lindy. for trying to... D- yeah, disappointing. Uh, uh, you I know, this made, it the, made it on American Idol. How to how to go? What? Uh, he went. I think he made it to Hollywood. Uh, he didn't end up winning. He's actually on like three different times or something like that. Like two or three times. His name is Johnny Keezer. Mm. Super talented singer. Did did, uh. did he have a positive or negative experience? Very positive. I, I I believe that like Nicki Minaj flirted with him over and over again, and like yeah, <laughs> he's, a, he's a very good looking dude. I, I am kind of intrigued by this. Uh, the, we're getting kind of the seedy underbelly of the game show world here. Uh, right, Jill. <laughs> Jill's a first-time poster. She was on Wheel of Fortune. She won $11,000, which is a lot of money yeah. on Wheel yeah. so of Fortune. Money. That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and then she says, uh, three things stood out. One, the wheel is very heavy, which I have always believed to be true. Yeah. It always looks like they're struggling with the wheel. Uh, Vanna is very nice and extremely thin. Again, that doesn't surprise me. And the third thing uh, is Pat is very orange and tends to place his hands a little too low with a side hug, if you know what I mean. I mean, he no. is like 108. I feel like we've talked about this, but that is that's terrible. It's another one of those things that's not surprising, but is still very upsetting. Uh, uh, R- Ryan George says him and his brother auditioned for a Discovery Channel game show pilot. Um, and which teams would compete, complete physics experiments while riding amusement parks ride. I don't know if this is show ever made it air, but it sounds pretty great. Uh, they were alternates, which that's gotta be lame, right? If you get picked for a game show, but it's like you're an alternate, I guess in case someone gets hurt or sick or too nervous to be on. <laughs> um, so, uh, he said some of the challenge were ridiculously difficult, but a pair of cheerleaders from Arizona State won the, the show that day. They beat out a couple of actual scientists. Um, so, uh, but two or three years later, him and his sister flew out to Six Flags Magic Mountains where the pilot was, uh, took place and they actually, uh, did some ride on the, sh- uh, from, they did some rides that were featured on the show. Anyway, here's where the story gets interesting, non-related to their game show experience. So they just wanted to go on this ride because it's on the show. They thought, oh, maybe, you know, this will bring us some memories. Someone wanting to ride with a group let us skip in front of them in line to get on the coaster that broke while we were on it. We hung suspended in the air waiting for rescue that ended up being a venture on its own, almost as big as the cable TV show. Andy, this is like your nightmare, right? Getting suspended upside down on a roller coaster. 
beyond, Jesse. Thank you for knowing that my, stu- <laughs> like, my stomach hurts us just talking about this. Uh, Connie said that her husband was on Wheel of Fortune back in the 80s. Sadly, the wheel wasn't in his favor because all he won was lovely parting gifts, which included a case of Tabasco, <laughs> hair products. <laughs> a case of Tabasco? That is a lovely parting gift. A case of Tabasco, hair products, almonds, and a mattress. That's almonds? basically just junk they're trying to get rid of. You know, they're like, this case of Tabasco and this old mattress just taking them too much room. We got to get it out that of here. That sounds like uh, a, a college freshman dude dorm starter kit. Is what that actually sounds like. <laughs> so, oh man, uh, Brian said he was on a very cheesy Bible game show, Virtual Memory. <laughs> what? It was produced by TVN. I have no recollection of this. I, I, no, now do I'm, I. I'm very no, curious to go on a YouTube What's deep dive. What's it called dive. again? Bible Memory? No, Virtual Memory. Virtual it's a Bible memory? game show. He said one of the questions he was given during the show was, name a eating utensil that starts with K. For some reason, Brian's answer was spork. So, uh, <laughs> to be fair, the K and knife is silent. So to be fair, I don't know what has to do with the Bible. It's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Okay, so earlier in the show, we talked about uh, yeah, a church staff comprised of Brie Larson, Chadwick Boseman, Zaytoven, Chris Pratt, Katie Hudson, uh, and Thank why, you. what roles they could, they could fill out in our dream church scenario. We want to hear this week who, who would be in your celebrity church. And we'll get people in the door, put people in logical roles. Yeah, you yeah, can hit yeah. us up on Twitter. You can hit us up on the feedback page at, at Relevant. You can hit us up and on the episode. You can't use anyone page. we've already used. You got to come yeah. up with a brand new oh, church. Gotta be fresh. We, we have our own church. You got to start a new yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 we've already started yeah. our church. We've got we're oh, we're, we're going to do church the American way, and it's going to be very competitive with other churches. <laughs> like this is a, this is a competition. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those are yeah, our competitors. Sure. So leave us your feedback on the episode um, page at relevantmagazine.com. You might make it on the air next week and win a case of Tabasco and an old used mattress. Um, <laughs> hey, special thanks to Lecrae for joining us today. You can follow him at Twitter. Uh, on Twitter at Lecrae and also let the trap say amen. You can get that now. It's a, it's a, uh, great EP. Uh, also, hey, leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. Uh, five stars only. I don't want to hear the four star stuff. Someone left, <laughs> someone left us a four star the other day. Oh, uh, what's the, mo- they didn't say, they didn't say why it's a four, not five. So that's like when you drive up to the drive through window and you see that their health, uh, inspector rating, you know how they got to leave that in a place where you can see it publicly. They got an A minus. And it's like, it's really important to me that I know why you got the A minus, not the A. Like, four, right, not five. Right. You're just going to give me a complex here. Just tell me what's wrong. So uh, leave us a five-star <laughs> review wherever you get your podcast. You can send your one-stars. Uh, I don't know. Send them to mark at relevantmediagroup.com, uh, and he'll, he'll let us know what we need to do better. Oh, wow. Um, but anyway, that'll do it for, t- for today's show. I was your interim host on this uh, uh, slow train wreck, Jesse Carey. Uh, Cameron <laughs> will be back with us, uh, not on Friday show, we'll be back next week. Uh, uh, Tyler, thanks for being on, man. Oh, always good to be here, guys. Annie, a pleasure, as always. Always a pleasure. I'm pl- proud to be here. And of course, Andre, <laughs> thanks again, my friend. My pleasure. So like, yeah, I mixed this up. I let all of you yeah, thank nice. me. Yeah, I let all of you I- thank me. <laughs> I made it about me. I made it Usually you say, I'm Tyler Huggabee. I made it. No, it's about me no. today. Oh, and, uh, so thank you, Jesse. I'm Jesse Carey yeah. <laughs> for Chandler Strang uh, sitting Thanks. in the studio. 
We'll see you guys on Friday. (laughs) Thank you for listening to The Relevant Podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Check out other shows from The Relevant Podcast Network in the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com. And while you're there, browse exclusive podcast merchandise at our online store. Make sure to subscribe to Relevant Magazine. Info is available at relevantmagazine.com forward slash subscribe. I've made a gigantic mistake here. Relevant Podcast Network. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.